Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening and welcome to our study this evening as we think about the theme of the day, which is the shepherd, the good shepherd. We think about the shepherd and the sheep. We're thinking about what we understand to be our calling before the Lord to be the sheep in his sheepfold. But there is a sad but true truth. There will be fewer saved than lost. More people will refuse to hear the voice and be in the sheepfold than those who will, in fact, hear and obey. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Enter in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I know, therefore, that when more will be saved or will be lost than will be saved. There are people who try to find in the words of Jesus something that will broaden that gate, broaden that narrow gate wider than Jesus ever intended it to be. And therefore, they find ways, they try to find ways to see that in Scripture. One of those ways is John 10 and verse 16, the passage that we're using tonight as we think about this difficult passage where Jesus says, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. As I said, people go into this verse sometimes to try and find a way to get in or to find a way to get others in that seem not to be a part of the sheep fold. Therefore, tonight, as we've been concentrating on the shepherd, the question is, who are these other sheep? Is he the shepherd of a bunch of other sheep? Well, yes, but the context is what we need to understand. Let's look at this verse. Turn there, if you will, and just notice this verse with me and what is said to understand what sometimes appears to be rather difficult. In the first place, notice what he says. Other sheep I have. Well, it must mean something. There has to be some kind of meaning that Jesus attached to it because I know one thing that helps me put in the kinds of restrictions that Jesus did. Listen to Jesus' words in one of the last prayers that we see him praying in John 17. And we start at verse number 20. And there Jesus made these statements. I do not pray for these alone, meaning his disciples, but for all those for all of those who will believe 
that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Notice what Jesus said in some of his last words. He is saying, I want everyone to be one. So whatever I understand these other sheep to be, I have to put them in these words of John 17 that Jesus intended for all of them to be one. Let's negate what Jesus certainly is not saying. Let's identify the things that certainly he is not saying when he says, other sheep I have. For instance, he is not saying, I have other sheep separate from all of these, therefore including unbelievers. They're separate. They don't believe. They're not in the sheepfold. They are not a part of the, They are separate. And yet, I'm going to bring them to. Is that what Jesus is saying? Is he really saying that Jesus is going to bring unbelievers into the fold as unbelievers? In 1 John chapter 5, John makes a statement that if this is what Jesus meant, then it would contradict what John said. John is talking there in 1 John chapter 5, and he makes this statement. He says, there is a sin not or leading to death, and I do not say that you should pray for that. What's he talking about? Well, if God forgives every sin of which we repent, then what is the sin for which we cannot pray and that will not be forgiven because we don't pray any sin that I don't repent. And John says, you should not pray for that. And here's what I think he's saying. I think John is saying, Christians in the sheepfold have no right to pray that God will save people who don't want to be saved. So I know when Jesus said, I have other sheep, he's not talking about sheep not in the sheepfold who don't want to be in the sheepfold that he is going to save anyway. He's not talking about separate sheep. Number two, I'm going to suggest to you, Jesus never intended by these words to talk about separate but equal sheep. In other words, Jesus is not saying there are sheep in this fold, there are sheep in that fold, and there's a fold of sheep, and all of them separate but equal. In other words, this passage often is abused to say that Jesus was teaching that all kinds of man-made religions constitute sheepfolds that Jesus is going to save. Is that what he is saying? 
Does it sound in John 17 when he says, I pray that all of them will be one, that he wants them to be equal, but they can all be separate. You can have your own thoughts. You can have your own religion. You can have your own man-made creeds, and it's okay because even though you're separate, you're all still equal. Is that what he's saying? Jesus said, I want them all to be one so that the world will believe. Can the world believe God as powerfully if all of these different interpretations of God exist versus if they all preached and taught the same thing? I know Jesus did not intend to say separate but equal. Number three, I don't think Jesus intended to say, when I have other sheep, he is talking about equal and more equal within a church or within a congregation. In other words, he is not saying that there are, as happens in a lot of places, you have people who are equal because they're in the same church, same congregation, but some are more equal than others because these are more holy and these are more righteous and these are. And so somehow or other, God's going to take all of these people in that church who are at each other's throats, who think others are better within themselves than they are. And all of this discontent and disruption is okay because, yeah, you're equal, but some are more equal, but it's okay. These sheep I'm going to bring together didn't Jesus tell his disciples to love one another so that the world will know that God sent me? And if in a church and if a congregation of people have an attitude of equal and more equal, does that give a good presentation of God? Certainly not. When Jesus said, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. He's not talking about any of those scenarios. He's not trying to say, or he's not saying that there are unbelievers who are going to be saved anyway. He's not saying that you can just have any religion you want and you'll be okay and be saved. And he's not saying you can all be in the same church and the same congregation but be at odds with each other, and that's okay because I'm going to bring you into salvation. Those are things he is not saying. Number two, then. We continue in the verse and notice he said, This fold, one fold, one shepherd. In order to understand this verse, let's put it in context. John chapter 9, the previous chapter, a story you might remember. There was a man born blind, and on the Sabbath day, Jesus healed him. And the rulers of the Jews came to this man and said, what are you saying? And he said, the man who said, go wash and be healed, I did it, and he healed me. This man said he was Jesus, son of God. 
They even asked his parents, what, did ha what happened to him? And they said, won't you ask him? He's of age. He can tell you what happened. They didn't want to believe that this man, Jesus, could heal a blind man. Eventually, the end of that chapter, the Pharisees asked Jesus, are we blind also? In other words, they perceived that everything he was saying with respect to healing that blind man, even though that was a physical thing, Jesus was making a spiritual point. And right there, he's pointing at those Jewish leaders. And they felt it. They saw it. They understood it. Do you think we're blind too? Later on from our verse in John 10 and verse 16, we find that the Jews are talking amongst themselves and wondering about Jesus. You see, the context, Jesus is standing there having healed this blind man, talking to these Jewish leaders, talking to all of these Jewish people who are gathered around. And who were those Jewish people? They were God's people through the law of Moses in the Old Testament. They saw themselves that way. Jesus had been preaching and teaching. In fact, when he began his ministry, he said he had come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19 and 10. Jesus, talking to these leaders and talking to these Jews, looked at them and said, Other sheep I have, not of this fold. He's talking about the Jewish people. He is saying, I have other sheep who are not going to come to my fold from the Jewish group. Oh, don't you think their ears perked up? What? The Old Testament had predicted it. For the first time, I, I saw this wording in Isaiah 52 and 10 that I really like. The God of Israel has bared his arm before all the nations, and they will see his salvation. Sometimes I'll find a little kid, and I'll say, you're strong, aren't you? Yeah. Show me your muscles. What do they do? You know what they do, right? They go, think for just a minute. God said, I have bared my arm. God said, I'm strong and everybody's going to see it. Is the cross of Jesus God bearing his strong arm? Is Jesus dying for the world, the bearing of God's arm? It was predicted. When Paul came into the city of Corinth, the people were against him. They opposed him. They said he was blaspheming. They wanted to per persecute him, to torture him. And God came to him in Acts 18 and verse 10. He said, Paul, 
Don't be afraid. I have many people in this city also. Oh, that Gentile city. God said, I have people there. Do you think God knew who the seekers were? Do you think he knew that there were people who wanted to hear the truth and told Paul such? Then I read these words from John 7 in verse 35. After Jesus said to the Jews that were there standing, he said, I am going and you will not find me. And the Jews questioned among themselves, where does he intend to go that we cannot find him? Rhetorically, they said, does he intend to go to the dispersion of the Greeks? Does he intend to go to the Greeks? They were suspicious. They knew that he was coming and he was going to talk eventually to the Gentiles as well. Who are these sheep? Other sheep I have, not of this fold. And I'm calling them into one fold, not many folds, one fold under one shepherd. And it was an affront to the Jews to whom he was speaking. And they figured it out. Gentiles will come into the fold. Along with Jews who come into the fold. And they will be in his fold. One fold under one shepherd. It's not talking about religious division. It's talking about religious unity. Bringing everybody under the oversight of one shepherd. Finally, third, and they will hear my voice. The sheep become acquainted with the voice of the shepherd. I love watching. National Geographic Channel. One of the fascinating things to me is when they do the thing about penguins and how they do when they have an egg and the females will keep the egg warm and they're all together, hundreds, maybe thousands of them. And the males go off to eat and gorge themselves and then they come back, and they're going to come back and take over from their mate. They all look exactly alike. You ever notice that? All the penguins, they just look alike. But then, you know how they find each other? In the cacophony of all of those penguins, they know the voice of theirs. Out of all of that, out of all the noise, they're only tuned to one. You know what Jesus is saying? In the noise of the world, 
in all of the competition of sound, who's going to hear my voice? As the bridegroom, the voice of the shepherd, the voice that we listen to. The sheep hear the voice, and it brings joy. In John 3 and in verse 29, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom stands and listens to him, and when he hears his voice, he rejoices. As the bridegroom wanting to marry his people, we should hear the voice of Jesus. And in that voice, it would create joy. And I, as one of the other sheep, can come into the family. As the shepherd, the voice, or as the sheep, the voice of the shepherd is heard by the sheep, and they follow. John 10 and verse 4. They hear my voice, and they follow me. Amidst all the turmoil and competition for words and sounds, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and follow. As a king, his voice resounds with truth. Before Pilate in John 18, Pilate said, so are you a king then? And Jesus said, you have rightly said that I am a king. For this cause I came into the world. And everyone who hears the truth, hears my voice. As a king, his voice resounds with truth. In Acts 9, when Saul was driving to Damascus to persecute Christians, and the light shone around him, and he was blinded, and he fell on his knees and heard the voice of Jesus as a heavenly presence. The voice drives people to their knees. But finally, all who will hear my voice will follow as the voice of the one knocking at the door. The voice says, whoever will let me in, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. As the one knocking at the door, his voice makes an offer that one on the other side of the door should not refuse. Come on in, Jesus. Let's eat together. When Jesus said, Other sheep I have who are not of this fold, most everyone probably listening to my voice should say, praise the Lord for that, because we're not of Jewish descent. And all through the Old Testament, 
The Jews were the favored people of God. But now, I too and you can be one of the favored people of God in the one fold under the one shepherd. Hear his voice. Pick it out from all of the competitive voices that are out there. Fine-tune the hearing to be able to hear the voice of Jesus. And in so doing, you can have the abundant life that Jesus offers to all who hear his voice. Thank you for joining us this evening. I pray that every one of us will appreciate after today the Good Shepherd more. And we'll appreciate what it means to be a sheep who follows a shepherd. And as always, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us that we will tune to the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him to the abundant life. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.